Radio Sport Mornings with Jason Pine. Well, as I mentioned before, Klim Systems are a New Zealand company that designs, develops and markets advanced software systems to assess the impact of variations in climate. They're working on over 200 projects in 50 different countries around the world. And after Qatar was awarded hosting rights for the 2022 FIFA World Cup, Klim Systems did a complete climate analysis and were instrumental, in fact, in providing heat index and wind data to encourage the tournament organisers to move the event from where it normally would have been run in June and July to November and December, the winter months in Qatar. Peter Ulrich is the Managing Director of Klim Systems, and he joins us now. Good morning, Peter. Thanks for your time. Hey, good morning, Piney. What was your brief where, that you were given by the Supreme Committee managing the FIFA World Cup? What did they want to know? Yeah, they were a very interesting group to work with. They had a number of things they needed to know about. Um, uh, first of all, heat was, of course, one of the big issues. But um, not just heat in, in terms of just raw temperatures, but humidity as well was a major issue that they needed to look at. Um, they also had extreme winds because, remember, FIFA, FIFA requires uh, no dome stadiums um, and natural grass. So trying to do all that in uh, summer in Qatar could have been a challenge. So they were very interested in, um, in extreme winds as well because they have to design uh, the stadia so that cool air from the air conditioning didn't get scalloped out when the wind blew over. So that was quite an interesting one. Also, sandstorms um, and dust storms because they were going to use a lot of solar panels to create the energy to cool all the stadia they were building. And they get sandstorms and dust storms, and they obviously would uh, need to clean those solar panels if there was such an event. If you've ever been to Doha, you know that it's a, it's a window washer's paradise. <laughs> it's a dusty place. And uh, that was a very important issue for them. Um, and then some other issues about air conditioning design, something we call weather files, a blended weather file, that helps them design air conditioning for the next 100 years because they have a legacy. They want to keep those stadia there. I know there's an issue of taking the top levels off and exporting them and doing things like that, but they also want to run events like they're running the, the world champs, the athletic world championships now. They want to keep doing those things. So they need a design for the future. Peter, was it, um, was it your recommendation that the tournament be moved? Or did they come to you and say, Peter, we're thinking about moving the tournament to November and December. Um, can you give us some data to back that up? Which way around was it? The decision had not been made when we were called in to do the, the risk analysis. Um, we were integral to the meetings after we, we went to Qatar. We had to be on site to do the work. That was one of the stipulations. It's a, it's a pretty close shop, and uh, they wanted us to be close by the, the key decision makers. And we went through that process, spent weeks and weeks in Qatar, working through the data and working up the results, and then doing presentations basically on the fly as we were doing the working through the data. And these were very... Um, important meetings with very important people in the room. And there was a lot of questions, the validity, checking with locals to see if this was actually the case, that at night it's an issue of, yeah, it gets cooler, but the humidity rises precipitously. You know, it gets, it gets dangerous at night. 
And uh, they realized, hmm, the cell phones came out. Lots of, oh, my goodness, we have to do something here. And then they uh, made those decisions sometime after we had left. But certainly they took our reports on board. And, of course, there would have been a process with FIFA that um, would have taken months, if not a year, longer to, to decide. You know, we did this work four years ago, five years ago, soon after they were awarded the cup. Mm. Were you yeah. looking at the, uh, at the impact of the heat and humidity on players, spectators, or both? Yeah, that's an interesting issue. Um, certainly the players were being taken care of, and we've seen that in the stadia now, that the, you know, the, it's, it, it, the air conditioning systems are there. The air in those stadiums are, is going to be good for performance in the middle of summer. No problem there. But, of course, they needed training facilities for all those football teams that were going to be coming in, hard to air conditioning, air condition all those sorts of uh, sites. And for us, one of the main arguments we put forward was fan comfort and safety. You know, you, it's okay sometimes for people in the Middle East who live in those environments, who are used to those temperatures, but you bring someone from New Zealand or someone from Sweden or someone from Canada or Europe into that environment, and we're not, we're not prepared to deal with those temperatures. And we actually really focused on the health aspects of fans and the fan experience and how that was going to impinge on health and health uh, and health stations, water supplies, big impacts potentially with the risk of death, actually, for some fans who didn't heed, you know, warnings about the temperatures and humidity. So I think that was probably the, the decider that it's not a good image when people get sick. No. And we also see that people don't necessarily want to go to such events when there is fan discomfort. We, you know, people don't want to go experience 40 plus degree temperatures necessarily. So interesting you talk there, you talk about discomfort and we've all been places where it's a bit hot, you know, we get a bit sweaty yeah. and we, we, we don't like to be out in the sun, we try to find some shade. But you're talking about actual risk of death because of the heat if you don't do the right things. Oh, certainly, certainly in, in, in that part of the world, most definitely. Are, are certainly getting extremely ill, and and we wouldn't be talking about one or two people. It could be hundreds, you know, in the early evening going to events, and that takes planning and and being organized and ready for that. And it's just basically not a good look. Mm. Um, yeah, so it, it it is an issue of perceptions as much as it is, as it is um, fan safety. You talked about the evenings being uh, being potentially challenging as well, Peter. I guess we, we imagine that in the middle of the day in the hot sun, that's the worst time. But but with the humidity rising in the evening, when I guess a lot of these games are going to be played, is that also something which uh, has to be taken into account? Yes, most definitely. And that was the issue. It was, it was definitely the dew points rising because of wind changes, actually. The wind changes in the evening. And you know, we looked at the data very in great detail, hourly sort of data, so we could tease out the details. And that's where you get the spike from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. is um, the humidex actually rises into the danger levels in the summer. And as you say, most people would perceive that, oh, the temperature goes down. If you just look at temperature data, certainly the temperature will go down from 45 to 35, 32, 31. But the humidity rises 
um, considerably, and that's where you have the problem. Peter, do you think if FIFA had been in possession of this information before they awarded Qatar the World Cup, that they might not have awarded Qatar the World Cup? That's an interesting question. I'm not sure how the process works when, when people are bidding for such events and how much climate information goes into that decision-making. Um, because we, we were taken in and shown the, the slick video presentation and the easy chairs in the specially designed room where they, where they pitched the cup. It was slick. They have a very, very uh, well-oiled PR machine, and they did a very good job of pitching the cup. But there was nothing in that presentation about the weather. Mm. Um, so it, it's an interesting question going forward because fan safety, player safety, I think is probably going to become a much more interesting uh, aspect of, of awarding of things in the future. Well, we would hope so, just for the safety mm. of very interesting. And just to bring it a bit closer to home, I guess, as far as New Zealanders are concerned, you, like I, were um, up last night watching the All Blacks play Canada, and, and the humidity yeah. seemed to be a bit of an issue, Peter. I mean, you and I aren't top sports people, but uh, but it seemed as though the ball was slipping out of out of elite sportsmen's hands fairly fairly quickly and, and often last night. From what you know of your work around the Rugby World Cup, are we going to see humidity continuing to be an issue at the tournament? Yeah, yeah, we, we, we've been doing a seasonal forecast, a month-by-month forecast for Japan and for each stadia, um, and we've got it on our website, actually, and we just did a new output yesterday for the month of October, and it's looking to be one and a half to, to two and a half degrees mean annual temperature, warmer than normal in Japan, and many of the, across just about the whole country, in October. So temperatures are going to be warmer than normal in October, and some areas are going to get 20 to 30 percent more rainfall than normal. So we're, we, we've got the ingredients there for humidity to continue to be an issue, not just in the in the domes, but uh, as we saw on the weekend, I can't remember which game I was watching, that um, it was hot in you know middle of the afternoon. What was that? What was the Uruguay game? I think. Yes, Uruguay against uh, Georgia. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah. yeah, there was certainly some sweating going on in the stands that day. Yeah, that's right. And we're likely to see that continue into October. And then even into November, it looks like rainfall for the international stadiums is going to be up to a third more than normal. So there are all these little issues that, you know, can impinge on, on, on games. Hmm, it's quite interesting. It is indeed. Fascinating insight, Peter. Thank you so much for joining us and, uh, and giving us the benefit of your analysis and your experience and your, your knowledge on this uh, sort of thing. Your website is klimsystems.com, and you mentioned that there is information available on there from the stuff we've just talked about? Yeah, we've got a, another website called extendweather.com, one word, extendweather, and uh, we've got a whole Rugby World Cup page there with uh, updates every 10 days on the temperature and precipitation across each of the stadiums. Extendweather.com, we'll check it out. Peter, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, look forward to talking to you again someday. Thanks, Piney.